Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the mailbag. My name is Marcus Speller. I've got Andy Brassel with me. Andy, how the dickens are you? Woo! <laughs> oh, Andy, that was very enjoyable. It was as if someone had asked you how you're getting on, and somewhere from out of nowhere, a hand just lightly but firmly squeezed your package, and that was the noise you made. I've had a digital thigh touch there. That's what I've had. <laughs> You have indeed. My goodness, Andy, it's lovely to hear your voice. Likewise. Um, so so you're, you're doing well. That little whoop, presumably you're doing well. Yeah, I, I think at least partially on the fact that I've just read this tweet from the excellent La Liga TV commentator Andy West, which says Donald Trump has had a, as many impeachments as Eden Hazard as goals in La Liga. Reflects really? on both badly. <laughs> that's, that's very good, that is. That's a good stat, that. He's also, he's had more impeachments. He's had more impeachments than David Nugent scored England goals. Yes, that's that's somewhat less surprising, I would argue. Mm. Yeah, that's not as good. You could do that for loads of people, couldn't you? I mean, he's had two more impeachments than I've scored with England goals as well. You know, so the, the, the difference being, of course, that Donald Trump has stolen neither of his impeachments from Jermaine <laughs> Defoe. <laughs> well played, Andy. Well played indeed. Um, Andy, we've got some questions from our from our fine listeners, and I'd like to kick it off with an email that we got sent to OTC at footballramble.com. Uh it's from Alan Hemphill or Alan Hemphill. Alan, I'll let you decide. It's your name. Um, and Alan has asked us, or asked you more, uh, has the COVID crisis unintentionally given us more genuine title races this year? Juventus are in real danger of losing their dominant grip. And although I believe PSG and Bayern will prevail, it is at least interesting at this point. Atletico are in a good place in Spain and even in Portugal, Sporting are giving it a real go. Bless them. Three points separate the top four in Holland and even the recent dominance of Liverpool and Manchester City is being challenged. You could even throw in the Rangers as well with their dominant uh, performance this year, Alan, but you haven't, so that they are my words and not yours. Uh, although none of these are Leicester City fairy tale title runs, um, AC Milan, Sporting, Atletico were all big odds against to win their leagues at the start of the season, though. Uh, surprise title winners have uh, become a rare event in most European leagues in the last 10 to 20 years. So to see possibly two or three in one season is refreshing. Hopefully it's not a blip and is the beginning of a trend to more competitive leagues. Could the COVID crisis even out the imbalances in these leads, leagues or is this just some temporary levelling on a sporting basis due to a hectic nature of this season? Andy? I think uh, Alan's point is an interesting one. Um, and I think... There are maybe two strands against it, though. Um, mm. I, I mean, I've, I think we'll really know when we get to um, the knockout rounds of the Champions League, I think, because at the moment it's a sort of calm bit um, post-group stage because in the middle of the group stage, I think even the biggest clubs, it was, it was clear, were really struggling to... Um, deal with what was such a punishing schedule the fact that you had Champions League every week pretty much um, apart from that little break in the middle um, was something that really took it out of teams I mean you, you really saw it affect um, teams that are slightly below elite, elite. so Atalanta, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach their their league forms um, really really suffered mm. but um, I think if if we're to really say 
COVID and uh, the um, condensing of the the, the program has is 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 affected the season and affected the the league races. I think we need to be a little bit further down the line. At the moment, um, it, it it could be uh, described away as a blip. I think, and mm. as well, I think there's the temptation as well to think that we're further down the line because of the way the program is to think we're further down the line than we are in terms of um, the, the, the games to be played. Like Alan mentioned sporting as well, quite mm. rightly because um, they've had an incredible season. As we said on OTC the other day, they've conceded eight goals so far this season and they've, dropped only four points which is an incredible record it's especially when you consider this is a club that's been in financial peril for for quite a long time however look at the played column they've only played 13 games this season you know yeah, we're not even playing column we're not even <laughs> we're not even at the halfway point of the season so i think normally you could get to january and say yeah maybe this team that uh top of the league are, are for real and yeah, who knows? Maybe they are. But 13 games into the season? I mean, normally that's what, sort of November, really, mm. isn't it? So I, th- I think we, we have to bear that so in it's mind. A, it's a, a bit, bit silly season there, Andy. Silly season's not over yet. Yes, um, I, I think we have to get a few fixtures down the line. I want to be beyond the halfway point before we start mm-hmm. making those those sort of judgments and some of those leagues um france have caught up already they're they're, they're at the halfway point already um are a little bit further along i guess the other thing is do we believe that um these unusual um uh, statuses in in the league tables are are caused just by the program or just by clubs not being able to go out and spend on transfers what they might have been otherwise mm-hmm. um or um playing behind closed doors being a leveler or any 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 of those things um yeah. and i would say not really in a lot of those cases um alan quite rightly brought up uh juventus i think the way that juventus are run now is very different to a couple of years ago pre ronaldo and post ronaldo are very different i think whether he turns out to be a good appointment or not, they wouldn't have been in a situation where they'd have appointed Pirlo as as their first team head coach like two years ago. There's absolutely no way, regardless of um, the situation of of the incumbent at the time. I just think you you look at that and it was not a planned, mapped out appointment. Because if if you appoint a guy, you think they've been one of the best run clubs in Europe for years. And all of a sudden... They appoint someone, albeit a club legend, as um, a youth team head coach, and then they do a, a one eighty and make him first team head coach a, a, a week later. I mean, that's extraordinary. And mm-hmm. if that happened at a lot of clubs, you'd mock them for their lack of foresight and, and planning. Mm-hmm. And I think because it was Pirlo, they got away with it a little bit. It's, it's a really unusual appointment, and um, you know, it might it might turn out okay for them. But Juventus of kind of handicap themselves a little bit one with the fact that they've got so much money tied up in Ronaldo and two that they're not running um with as much foresight with as much control as as as, as they have in in previous years in the previous years of this dominance um 
So I think you, you look at Paris Saint-Germain and again, there's a certain imbalance connected to um, Neymar and um, Mbappe. And I think that will continue going forward because um, they're going to try and reinvest in those. They're going to try and sign them again. And then you look at Spain and you look at Real Madrid and Barcelona are in a state of flux, which predates the pandemic. Now, clearly, um, I think from the Barcelona perspective, they were heading for financial meltdown before that's happening. Clearly, COVID hasn't helped them, but um, it's made a really bad situation get worse. When you look at Real Madrid's perspective, um, they've been able, um, obviously, it's restricted them in the transfer market on one hand, but um, on the other hand, they're undertaking this huge uh, half a billion euro development of, of the Bernabeu. And they've been able to get on with it in a way that's probably slightly more palatable because they're playing behind closed doors. So playing at Valdebebas has, has not been a bigger deal as it might have been. Mm-hmm. I, I still do believe it is a big deal. But you look at their state of flux and w- was that creating an opportunity for Atletico anyway? It did last season, just that Atletico weren't far enough along the line yeah. with so many new players in their first 11 to be able to take advantage of that. So I do think a lot of these situations are from uh, a, a sort of landscape that predates COVID, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I, I yeah, no, I, I, I do see what you mean. Um, I mean, yeah, I suppose this idea that um, that it would sort of level out, as you say, probably seems unlikely. Yeah, and um, I, I know I'm, I'm really. Uh, reticent we want about that to, I think we want that to happen and we see yeah. like a little bit of it and we yeah, oh, come on surely and uh, just the way football is the way it goes with money you know, all these sort of cliched things and it's that it's the hope that kills you as a supporter you want to believe you know hope yes. is the most important thing as a as, as a football fan you know even, even if you're looking at it from a, a neutral non-elite club perspective and you know, you just want other people to win the league. I mean, if I think of what I want from the European leagues this season, it is basically anyone that's not the normal contenders to win it. You know, is that simple? Yeah, totally, yeah. Um, I think Portugal's a particular case, and you look at Sporting have not won it in coming up 19 years. So when you get to a situation where in a country, even one of the big three winning it... Mm-hmm. Is, is a departure from the norm. I think, you know, that says that says something about how narrow the field is normally. Andy, let's move on to... Uh, I'm going to combine a couple of questions here for you because I, I put out um, a message uh, on, on the day of recording and, and then a, a little sad face when nobody responded. And then our good listeners, they, they, they flooded... Uh, yeah, they, they came. They came. They didn't like to see... Well, it wasn't actually my sad face. It was more what I was thinking you would think, Andy. So I'm going to put that on you. <laughs> um, but uh, Mason, uh, our, our trusty listener, immediately said, ask him who he thinks he is also... Uh, hang on. Uh, where should Memphis go? That <laughs> that beautiful boy needs to get back on the big stage. So clearly trying to uh, to play to uh, the gallery here. Uh, um, but uh, Rob G also um, got involved in that one and said, on this note, how many of the big name potential free agents might actually move clubs? 
So there you go, Andy. Bit of Memphis and uh, and some of the the bigger name potential free agents. Well, you know what? Talking to Memphis, we're going to save the best till last. So we'll just oh, park yeah. him there for a for a couple of minutes. <laughs> um, the big two, obviously, are uh, Messi and Sergio Ramos. Um, with Messi, I feel it is still highly likely that he will leave. Um, I mean, oh, what would be obviously the the exciting uh, version of, of, of the end of his Barcelona season and possibly Barcelona career would be um, him making a statement that mm-hmm. doesn't say, if we get in the Champions League, I'll stay, but yeah. could be taken as read that, you know, I would consider staying if we qualify for the Champions <laughs> League, if they were somewhere between fourth and sixth going into the last month of the season. So it would add an extra edge. I think the drama of that would be actually quite nice. Yeah. So um, I would look forward to that. And then obviously he would come out at the end, sign for someone else, say, I never said that. <laughs> I just I just <laughs> said, well, you know, I, I, say if he said something like, um, playing Champions League football is really important to me. In response to a question, and, yeah. and, and then people spun that into, well, he said he'd stay at the club if they qualified for the Champions League, which he never actually said. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he'll go. I, yeah. I think he'll go. I think uh, working out where he'll go still requires a little bit of imagination. Um, I don't want to be condemned as a heretic, but if I was an elite club, I would not be signing him. Mm. I, I think you've never raised such him, a. No, pretty much no. I, I think it's 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 such um, a heinous investment to completely derail your timeline. It's like we've discussed so many times, Marcus, about how Juventus's timeline and their plan has has changed totally post Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, and like he's he's done nothing wrong on the field. Everything he's done on the field has been absolutely perfect. He's held up his end of the bargain perfectly. Mm-hmm. He tends but, to do that. But they're further away from winning the Champions League than they were when he when he signed. And yeah. I think I think the Messi effect is the same. I can understand there's um a commercial prestige to it, mm-hmm. a general prestige to it, and the fact that he's arguably the greatest player to have ever played the game. But you know, is the best player always the right player? Well, no. Well, well, okay then, Andy. Just to, you know, it's the mailbag. Sometimes we have to. We, we we like to have a little bit of fun with this with this sort of stuff. If you know, let's say Messi said because I understand the financial stuff as well for for a a, a chap his age and so on and, and his yeah. wage demands. Let's let's say though that Messi said, okay, I'll, I'll play for I'll, nothing. I'll, uh, well, maybe maybe not play for nothing, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll drop the wage demands a bit because I still want to play elite level. In Europe, and let's say you know he's not, he's not going to go anywhere else in Spain for crying out loud. You wouldn't have thought. Um, so let's you know wh- where would you like him? Uh, don't say AFC Wimbledon. You know where would you where do you think he would actually go well within the realms of reality? Um, and actually, that this sort of idea that if he went to say like Ronaldo did to go to Juventus. Uh, and sort of mess things up, you know, because you could say, well, at PSG under Pochettino, would would that work? You know, would he would he really add something to save Manchester City in 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 the terms of what you're talking about? Where where do you if you you know within the uh, a sort money of a, money money no object almost? Of course, yeah, but with, with a hint of realism though. Yeah, because when we're talking about realism, I'm more likely to end up playing 
left back for England at the Euros than <laughs> he is to take a pay cut. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I, you know, I, I know we all like to buy into the romance. So you're of just Messi. You, you, you're not I know, having. I know. It. I, well, I know we all like to buy into the romance of of Messi, and that informs a lot of mm-hmm. um, football fans' opinion on the. You know, who do you not not who's better, but who do you prefer no, no. out of a Messi and Ronaldo? And the sense that um, Cristiano Ronaldo is is a bit more um, uh-huh. unapologetic about who he is, and he's a bit more stroppy, a bit more diva like. Yeah, well, that's the perception. Ostens- I think, so. Ostensibly, yeah, that's yes, that's yes. the perception. Um, it's totally over overlooked that Messi loves money. And his camp love money. <laughs> he wants to get paid. And there's no way he's going anywhere without them backing up the Brinks truck, to use the words of Isaiah Thomas. So um, <laughs> I, I think, but pe- people don't really want to see that side of him. And mm. like for, for me, I have no problem with that. He's the If he's the best player in the world, he should get paid as the best player in the world. No, yeah, that's, I'm not... that's absolutely fine. But people don't really want to entertain that that part of it or either they don't know or they don't really want to entertain it um but if it's money not really any object or you know pending um uh, wage bill acrobatics whatever i would love to see him at juventus right one uh because i want to see him and cristiano ronaldo on the same team oh what two (laughs) two because two because i want to see Juventus fall to bits and someone else win the league, <laughs> which I, I think would be, you know, how, how do you build a team around those two? I just don't know mm. how it would work. I would just, I would love to see just how it panned out. I think that mm. would be absolutely fascinating. I would love to see the two of them play at whatever, whatever club, actually. I, I, I thought you were going to say that, I thought you were going to say that they get special. rid of Cristiano Ronaldo, like they offload him somewhere. And you think, well, UK, you've won the league, but you didn't win the Champions League. They get Messi and bang, they win the Champions League, and Ronaldo's going, "Right, hang on a minute." (laughs) (laughs) Well, of of course, of of course, Messi's not got a brilliant recent record in the Champions League either. So, wouldn't wouldn't that be incredible if they they signed those two Mm. and ended up going out in the last sixteen? It could have record, Andy. It it is it is better than my record. But let's talk again after I've um, starred for England at left back in the Euros. Fair. I, I so think the other interesting one, yes, is Sergio Ramos, because yeah. I think when we talk about preconceptions, is he not staying I, put though? Well, that's the thing. Ooh. I think there's a presumption oh. he's out of contract at the end of the season. He wants two years. Normally, for a player of that age, Real Madrid only give one year. Mm-hmm. But he is Sergio Ramos, yeah. and so whereas it's been played up a bit in Spain recently that there have been no formal talks between him and. Um, Florentino Perez, the closeness of the relationship between those two, it's like you saying there's been no formal talks between me and my dad about him passing the salt. Yeah, They're that close. <laughs> so I, I wonder how many formal talks are really necessary. It should be able to be sorted out quite quickly. Um, but Sergio Ramos is doing what he often does in a contract situation and using... Um, the, the phantoms of other teams' interests to try and get what he wants. But I think the idea of him ending up at Paris Saint-Germain, I believe, like everyone else, that he'll end up staying at Real Madrid because right. um, he's he's still at the top of his game. He's still very, very important in a talismanic sense. Um, he still does so much for the team and for the club. Um, but I think him and Messi ended up at, at Paris Saint-Germain would be really interesting. 
Again, mm-hmm. not brilliant for competitive balance in Europe, maybe, but really interesting. The other free transfer in the summer, and this was one of the the last straws with Thomas Tuchel and his a very public spat with Leonardo. And mm-hmm. Tuchel was absolutely world class at baiting him. It has to be said. When um, Tuchel was asked about Di Maria's dip in form, and he said, "Well." Maybe he's sad because they won't give him a new contract, <laughs> which was amazing. That was absolutely yeah. amazing. I think it would be a massive mistake for Paris Saint-Germain to let Di Maria go. He has been nothing short of sensational for them. Yeah. Um, he's someone who can do it at the thick end of the Champions League. He's adaptable, can play in a load of different systems. And I get the impression that Leonardo, much as he did with Thiago Silva before apparently recanting on it and with Cavani I think he's he's thought he's got to a certain age and we're going to move on which Mm. um I think would be a mistake but someone someone can make a really nice pick up there because I think Di Maria's got a lot left in the tank yeah he's quite underrated Di Maria I know he didn't have a great spell at Manchester United wasn't terrible or anything so maybe that's part of the reason here yeah Uh, so yeah sorry um but underrated it. I think some people may still think of him as like as a bit of a winger, you know. But as you say, the 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 tactical um, flexibility and so on that he's shown wherever he's gone has been has been quite something. Um, moving on, Andy, uh, we have oh just quickly we've got we had a, a question from I hope I pronounce this correctly Kunle Form. I think that's uh, how you say. It. Um, Are you who, trying who to ditch that? Memphis? Are you trying to ditch Memphis? Oh, you, oh, you, oh, there's a bit of chat on Memphis. My goodness, our producer, our producer, we're thinking from the from from the same perspective here. Charlie's just written a "Where's Memphis going, you pricks?" (laughs) (laughs) In our production chat box, and I think we can only applaud that. We sh- we can, and that should say prick because it was me that uh, moved that on, and not you. So uh, go on then. Uh, Let's get Memphis out of the way. Yeah, I, I would never forget Memphis. Unfortunately, I, I, Leon will be getting him out of the way at the end of the season, uh, which would you be think? a shame. But I think the fact that he's staying for the rest of the season, it seems to um, have, a, have a proper go at the league with Leon is fantastic. Yep. I think he deserves to cash in at the end of it. He's really he's really improved since he's been in Leon. Yeah. And I think, funnily enough, the unfashionable, very unfashionable, and at the time quite disliked coach, Bruno Genesio, um, did a really blinding job in um, rather than sort of submitting to internal pressure to make him the star and do what he wanted in every single game. Mm-hmm. At the start of his spell at Leon, he always left him out of the big games. He'd bring him off the bench to hit good teams later on and because he didn't trust him defensively. And that eventually led him to him playing him as a centre forward. And that has really change Memphis I think the fact that he is um, not expected to do any defensive work nowadays and just floats around doing the false nine business it's magnificent you see the best of him Mm -hmm. more often than not I think it makes a big difference Andy Um, where's he going where's he going I think um, an elite club is not signing him you and I both know he's going to go to your beloved Sevilla that's what you want (laughs) that's what I want Nope, they've not got enough cash in the tin for him because he's uh, going to be expensive as a as, as a free agent. Um, I think maybe Roma is a possibility. I see, that'd be nice. I see a Roma or a Milan type 
move for him. Ooh. And, you know, saucy. we like that, don't we? That's extremely saucy, Andy. Yeah. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, going back to what I was saying about uh, Kunle Form, uh, who's asked, what's the continental view or lack thereof on the new Brexit re- regulations on player movement to the UK? Not much, it would seem, Andy. Uh, no, uh, it's, it's seen as very much a, a British debate. It's, yes. it's not. It's not seen as of yet, anyway, to um, affect the affect the transfer market European wide. So there's there's not there's not really been much chat about it that I've seen anywhere really in in Germany, Spain, France, or mm. anywhere else. Oh, lucky them. Uh, so so there you are, <laughs> sir uh, or madam. Uh, right. Uh, yes, th- th- we've got a, qu- a question here from from Polly RIP who says, with Emil Smith Rowe being called the next Kevin De Bruyne, I'd like to ask. <laughs> I'd like to ask if anyone knows of a player that ever became as good as the person they were the next one of, which is a good question. I I don't think, I can't think of anything. I mean, there's been so many, the next Maradonas. um, Yeah, they have. I mean, we had a a bit of a discussion about this, didn't we, off air? Because Mm. you were saying that Ariel Ortega and yep. Pablo Aymar belonged in yes. the conversation, but Juan Roman Riquelme didn't. And yeah. I suggested... Right, I recounted that. I, <laughs> I suggested that's because Ortega and Aymar were more snake-hipped. And um, Riquelme is sort of... It's, it's a bit like he was like sort of... He had a sort of awkwardness to his... Mm-hmm. To his physicality, didn't he? A bit like he was running in a mascot suit or something like that. But he had a yeah. But but, but despite when he being an of, unbelievable player, of course. Yeah, yeah. He, he yeah. When you think of as you say, sort of snaky, mazy dribbles. You know, Imar, perhaps, and then Ortega. I think of that. I can't really remember that much of Ortega to be honest. I remember he's a good player. I remember he had his off-field problems, and. Didn't yeah. quite hit the highs, maybe that he would have wanted, and so on. And Imar, it was more injuries, I think. But I remember them being great players. But Raquel, may I think of more him playing through balls. But then, of course, Maradona wasn't too shabby at, at that, lest we forget the 1986 World Cup final, you know. So that was, I mean, if people were talking about Messi being the next Maradona, I suppose, again, very different players, you know. But I, I suppose that would be one where maybe we would argue in Europe that he has eclipsed. Maradona obviously in some places in Argentina not all um, but some places in Argentina they would say that's nonsense because he never won the World Cup but I would like to say um, David Beckham David Bentley (laughs) all I can ask you Marcus Mm. is did Beckham ever play in Russia I don't think no. he did. Yeah, no, so. no, he didn't. Did. I, I really liked on on the thread on the Discord about this. I, I enjoyed um, our pal Mason putting forward uh-huh. um, Ronaldo Figo or Figo Ronaldo. That was yeah. quite interesting because, of course, they couldn't have ended up any more different as players yeah. in, in terms of their achievements in in, in their careers. Like, uh-huh. fair enough. Um, but um, yeah, that. that they went in very, very different directions. I mean, I think, again, Figo starts his career as, I guess, an out-and-out winger mm. and then becomes just something else. That, that, that's that's something, isn't it, about, you know, you think of absolute elite players. You yeah. cast them in the image of being this type of player mm. and they end up going on their own, like 
mazy yeah. journey, really. But I think it depends as well what what you want from those players. Because if you think of those two particularly, you think of... You, you can know, forget how phenomenal Figo was. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, absolutely unbelievable. He, he was, mm. he was when he was the most expensive in the world, I would, I would say he was the best in the world at the same time. He was like in for, that for same good... bracket. He was in the same bracket as Zidane and Brazilian Ronaldo. Yeah, totally. totally. Well, Galacticos, of course, they were all at Real Madrid, weren't they? Yeah, so. And um, I, I think you, you, you look at that sort of big string of uh, sporting academy produced wingers and... Um, you know, I think there was there were some stunners among the, uh, among them. But you think about what you know, what they promised and what they actually produced. You can be surprised, obviously, in a negative way as, as well as a positive way. But the the one that I always think of out of that list is Ricardo Quaresma, who <laughs> yeah, was, I knew you were going to mention him. <laughs> well, he's my, he's my favourite. I couldn't not, Marcus. It's him and but, Memphis are your two loves. Uh, Quaresma more. Uh, I love Quaresma. Yeah. Okay. What about and that goal the, in the World Cup? Was it outside of the boot? Iran. Yeah. yeah and I, I, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember someone someone saying to me afterwards, "I've never before seen Cristiano Ronaldo pleased that one of his teammates scored a goal." <laughs> <laughs> but of course, of course, they were friends from when they started out in the sporting academy together, and there was mm. only what a year and a half, two years be- between them. Quaresma being the senior one, but of course, we've 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 said this before that when they were kids, um, Quaresma was thought of as the more talented one, of having the more natural yeah. talent. But when you Andy, think Andy. of can I just jump in here? Is he, is he like the kind of Cristiano Ronaldo's like obviously the one who who went sort of you know blockbuster? But is Charisma? Are you saying that he is the more sort of um, sort of connoisseur indie kind of choice in that you know if someone said your favourite band you know years ago you'd just be like Nirvana, and and the only sort of you know thing that you could one upmanship to that was. Well, actually, I think I think fine. I, I prefer the Pixies. Actually, do you know what I mean? Is he kind of like <laughs> yes. that? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say if they were members of Bad Company, Ronaldo, <laughs> the, the drum, the drum and bass band, not not the rock band. Oh, I, 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 I you think, disappoint me. Sorry, uh, I think I'm out. And here's Chris- why I'm out, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Cristiano would have been DJ Fresh, and Quaresma uh-huh. would have been D Bridge. DJ I think. Fresh do. Gold dust. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what? A, what I, I'm yeah. back on board. I'm back on board. Yeah, I, you need to get into Debridge. Trust me. Yeah. The the the, the, the thing with Kurejma is the narrative about him has has changed a little bit. We talk about how players can mm. surprise you and turn into something that you don't think they're going to turn into. But he was not if the next have, such and such, though, was he? N- no, but well, I, I guess people would have said Fiegel, wouldn't they? Because he was the, know, the, the, the gold standard the gold standard of, of of sporting produced wingers but the thing with Quaresma is if you'd have gone back say five six years in his career you'd have never said he would be still playing at a, a really good level now you would never mm. have said that he's you know good enough to be in the Portugal squad now if you know that he could still do a job for them mm. and what he is still able to do is magnificent. I, I would have never thought he'd, he'd have been playing at a top level. Even in his late 20s, I'd have never said he'd be playing mm-hmm. at a really good level and still being able to influence matches and still be able to 
run pretty much as anyone else, the same as anyone else when he's nearly 40. Mm. I mean, it's, it's extraordinary. And he knows how still how to provide moments of absolutely pure footballing joy. He's, oh, yeah. oh, he's so good. Yeah, and a, and a beautiful boy as well. Um, uh, I, I suppose I'll finish this off by saying that if people talking about the next of, did they ever reach those heights? Well, we, we I'm going to reference our, our good friend Pete Donaldson when he, of course, said that Alexander Mitrovic was the next Alan Shearer at Newcastle United. <laughs> and he turned out to be the next Brian McBride because his best years have been at Fulham. <laughs> uh, top scorer in the championship, though, so... Uh, Shove it up your what's it. Uh, right, ladies and gentlemen, there we are. Thank you very much for listening to uh, the mailbag this week. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for all your questions. Sorry if yours didn't get read out. Um, but uh, but that's it for another week. Lovely. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. I'm off to YouTube, uh, Ricardo Koresh McCallson. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.